0: Good morning and thank you for joining me once again as we uh, turn our attention to uh, a bit of unpacking uh, from uh, this past Sunday's uh, sermon. We were uh, in the book of Acts this past Sunday and we uh, read verses 24 uh, through, uh, well, chapter 18 verse 24 through chapter 19 verse 10 on this past Sunday. So the book of Acts chapter 18 beginning in verse 24. And we saw a a lot of substantial issues uh, from uh, the text and uh, notably this was the uh, beginning of of what is typically identified as, as Paul's third missionary journey. And uh, we see the introduction uh, of another uh, actor in uh, the book of Acts, namely Apollos, and he was uh, of interest to us. Uh, We see, uh, again, the the reappearing of uh, Aquila and and Priscilla, and then Paul returning as promised to Ephesus. It is interesting between, uh, you take the background of Apollos, uh, which was uh, from Alexandria, Africa. Uh, you have um, uh, Paul and his uh, background uh, in, in Asia Minor and his presence in Ephesus on Asia Minor, and then uh, the issues of Apollos going to Corinth and Paul's work in Corinth. So, so in a sense, you're tying together three continents uh, with uh, the gospel, the work of the gospel, uh, these uh, early apostles and, and missionaries and uh, uh, apostle designates, uh, so to speak, in Priscilla and Aquila. So all of those things are of interest to us. Uh, I think primarily uh, the thing that I would point out that is a source of confusion and, and consternation uh, over the course of uh, uh, probably the entirety of church history is this business of uh, those disciples in Ephesus and uh, the fact uh, that uh, they, they spoke in tongues uh, and uh, the question that I don't think that can be answered is uh, were they regenerate uh, when Paul first appeared? Uh, the, the term disciples can be a, a bit ambiguous, so we'll leave it as such. Uh, but it, it seems as though uh, in God's wisdom Uh, as he had done a number of times as recorded in the book of Acts. Uh, There is at least uh, uh, an apostolic witness uh, to the uh, manifestation of tongues. Uh, That manifestation uh, could, in the case of some Samaritans and some uh, Gentiles, come uh, subsequent to the actual conversion, the, the actual regeneration. And it was uh, done that way seemingly as a sign to demonstrate to the apostles that indeed these Samaritans, uh, these Gentiles, uh, were a part of the church, that they had really been uh, born again. They were truly uh, believers. And so it was a testimony to the believing community. Uh, and so we see again uh, kind of a, a two-tier, two-stage type uh, uh, conversion experience. and. Many times the charismatic community plays off of that, that there is the the new birth and then there is some type of subsequent uh, filling uh, that either can result in uh, the speaking in tongues or it must result in the speaking of tongues. And we would argue uh, that that tongues is not normative uh, for the filling of the Spirit. Uh, uh, not a hardcore cessationist, I don't, I'm not going to say that no one will ever speak in tongues again. I do, do not think it's normative in areas where there's been a great penetration by the gospel. Uh, but uh, who's to say what could happen in unique missionary situations? And so uh, God uh, deemed it wise, expedient. Uh, uh, to, uh, to, do, to act this way in the book of Acts as he does here once again with these Ephesian disciples. Let's, let's read the account beginning in uh, verse 2. Uh, he comes to these disciples, verse 1, and in verse 2 he said to them, uh, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, No, we have not even heard there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, uh, in, uh, and he said Unto, Into what then were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism and Paul said John baptized with a baptism of repentance telling uh, the people who to to believe in the one who was to come after him uh, that is Jesus and on hearing this they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus and when Paul had laid his hands on them the Holy Spirit came on them and they began to speak in tongues and prophesying so this great sign uh, that first was manifested among uh, those believers at Pentecost in which at least the twelve, possibly others, were speaking in tongues that were recognized as a language native to some of those that had gathered from the various places on Pentecost. So uh, when we talk about tongues, let's be sure we know what was going on in the Bible. They were speaking languages unknown normally to the speaker that were recognized by the hearer. There was not just uh, uh, syllables strung together uh, at random. And so uh, now, normally uh, in in conversion, the the indwelling of the Spirit uh, is that which occurs with the regenerating work of the Spirit. Uh, When regenerated, the person believes, uh, they repent, they are converted, and they have the Spirit at that point. And so that would be normative uh, for our day and there's not a separation of time uh, between uh, the work of the Spirit in regeneration and the work of of the Spirit in in dwelling. So um, again, we see a a bit of an anomaly here, uh, unique to the book of Acts because of its transitional nature. Coming forward from Old Covenant to New Covenant, coming forward from kind of the unique and exclusive role that Israel played in salvation history uh, to the gospel uh, and its uh, purpose. Uh, to uh, preach the good news of Jesus Christ uh, to uh, all people groups, uh, that the gospel is inclusive of all people groups, and that the gospel, when believed, uh, results in the inclusion of, of every individual, uh, no matter status, uh, race, what, uh, gender, whatever. They're included in the people of God, and God authenticated that uh, with the sign of tongues, uh, the sign gift of tongues is not, uh, again, normative for our day, but the indwelling of the Spirit is normative for the believer. And so when the uh, when a person believes or receives the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, they are gifted, they are sealed, they are indwelled with the Holy Spirit. So maybe that Uh, clears up maybe some of the ambiguity, some of the confusion. Maybe some of you've heard some of the more charismatic uh, uh, type uh, arguments for, you know, uh, again, uh, kind of a two-tier, two-fold type conversion experience. Uh, That's not really what's going on here, and that's not what we would advocate as normative uh, in our day. So uh, with those thoughts, I'll leave you, and I pray that it's a blessing to your day, and I'll look forward to seeing you once again uh, tomorrow.